You're listening to The Esoterics Podcast. Hi everyone, this is your Elise. And this is Joe. Welcome back to The Esoterics Podcast. How you doing today, Joe? Hi, I am fantastic today. It's a good day today. It's going to be a good day today is what I say. It's Friday. We rarely record on Fridays. I know. I know, right? I, I love it. No, I, I usually, I don't really do anything on Fridays. I reserve Fridays for potential um, social situations. <laughs> <laughs> like I might have to be going to do a happy hour or something, but mostly I just I, Fridays are my day to just start the weekend, do errands, go shopping, you know, do do all the things mm-hmm. that I want to do to prep for the weekend. It's just a fun day. So yeah. I like Fridays. Hmm. It'll be fun too. Yeah. Yeah. I just like the, uh, it's like a release of having to do shit <laughs> during the week. Right. It's like, right? I can sleep in if I want to, or I can try tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Well, you have a particularly busy weekend ahead of you. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, but next weekend you'll be able to be like Friday. Well, we're organizing a yard sale. So oh. there's, there's that. Oh. <laughs> Do you have a bunch of stuff to sell? I have enough. I, it's not a, like a ton. I already cleared out our garage. Our, our goal is to clear our garage because we're supposed to get, well, we've purchased a Volkswagen bus. Uh, I think it's like oh. a, <laughs> a 60 something. Shut up. Did you really? Yeah. We bought this oh thing like my. a year ago mm-hmm. <laughs> and we haven't received it yet because it's coming from Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're supposed to get it really soon, like sometime this coming month. Uh, and so obviously it's it's a restored and everything. And so I was going to say, is it in mint condition? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, original interior. Um, so we just had it repainted and then like the windows like redone or whatever so that they're properly insulated. But dude, shut up. What are you going to do with that thing? <laughs> Go to the beach. <laughs> I mean, right? You better do some serious reels um, to, so we can all see what's going on. Yeah. Are you going to, are you going to um, make another Instagram account? <laughs> no, I'll, it'll be all included. It'll be. Damn it. <laughs> I don't want another Instagram. I don't need another Instagram account. <laughs> No, I know, but uh, but I want updates on the bug. I want bug ventures, bug travels, um, you know, um, Franco bug is what you <laughs> change it to. What what does uh, whose idea was this? It was Mike's. Yeah, I, I figured. I yeah, figured. yeah, it was it was his idea. He had a friend. He had a friend or acquaintance locally that was selling one around the same time here in California, but they wanted something crazy for it. And then his friend in Texas, who also deals with vintage cars and stuff like that, found this bus and he offered it to him. And uh, he was like, what do you think? And I'm like, you always let's say yes to my crazy ideas. So let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Nice. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Okay, good. So, yeah. So the yard sale okay. is so that we can clear up the space to make sure we have room for the bus in the garage. 
Throw the bus. Okay, now is are the littlest members of the uh, Franco family excited about this, or do they, they do they they don't care? Oh yeah, what? no, they are. They are. They're all yeah. just. We're gonna go to the beach. <laughs> like that's their, that's the whole thing is we're gonna take it to the beach. <laughs> we're gonna go to the beach. Okay, so you have to get a. Um, does anybody have a surfboard? Uh, no, we have boogie boards, but we don't have surfboards. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, S- same thing, right? I mean, kind of. They're just a little small bit and cheap. Mm-hmm. All right, so you you can strap those to the roof like a traditional <laughs> Southern California beach. Bug. Yeah, exactly. All right, okay. This the, I I'm so goddamn excited for this shit now. Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Elsa, do you have any good stuff for sale? I have some. I have an art desk. Uh, <sighs> I have uh, home furnishing stuff. I have a bunch of extra lamps. Um. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm just. I just want to get rid of things. A lot of pillows that I've accumulated yeah. over the years because, right? I don't know because I just buy pillows. like throw pillows. Throw pillows. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. Cute. Yeah. All right. I love that. Yeah. So, but we're doing it with the neighbors, so it'll be hopefully it'll be like oh, a block, so- you know, a block party situation oh, yeah. thing. So it'll attract more customers. Hopefully. Right. It, what you're gonna come away with something from the neighbors? No, like, don't say that. The goal is to get rid of stuff, not to. I always do. <laughs> like I gotta have that. <clears throat> this is the time of year, I think, where it's coming up on it. Right, we're gonna talk about October and the closing vibe, but but this is the time of year when the days get cooler. You start mm-hmm. putting away the summer clothes, getting out the, the, the fall and winter clothes. You start making soups, you start decorating for spooky season mm-hmm. and lighting candles. And it's just, it all lends itself to nesting and creating a more cozy home, yeah. you know, um, with things like throw pillows and rugs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So hopefully you'll have a really successful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope so. And whatever yeah. I don't sell, I'm just going to donate. Right. So there, there's a local thrift store. They, um, their proceeds go towards um, an animal shelter. They have, or yeah. they're a uh, dog rescue. Actually, they run their own dog and cat rescue. I love that. Yeah. So that's where it's a good. It's going to go. It's a good cause. It's a good cause. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, I had my first. Uh, astrology class oh, how'd it go? Uh, this week. It was good. This week was just about um, um, getting to know. We got a history of astrology, which is actually really cool. Uh-huh. And so my mentor, Rosie, is literally the most astro knowledgeable person I've ever talked to. So while she was going through the history of astrology, mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. I made notes. I have five potential podcast topics. Ooh. Five just based on the history of astrology, and they're all different. So we went through that, and then we broke up into little groups. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, here's the thing, right? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so we broke up into groups based on knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the group of people that don't have any knowledge, serious beginners, but our group mentor isn't Rosie. It is Dreamy. And Dreamy is the owner of Psychic Sister. Mm-hmm. And of course, I work with Dreamy. And so um, I'm very, very lucky that I have her right there, but also in my life. So I can, you know, also ask for other help. Yeah. Um, but I would love to also have Dreamy on as a, on the podcast. Oh, yeah, to that'd talk be cool. Her because her story is so cool. She 
she's a psychic. And then she started this vintage clothing store, which then morphed into this metaphysical. And then she's got all these other, it's, it's just, she's a very unique person. That's very cool. Yeah. I think our listeners would really enjoy hearing from her and learning about her. That sounds like a dream too, is a a vintage store and a metaphysical store. I mean, it started out as a dream. She said she had a dream one night Mm -hmm. and it was, um, and she just heard um, that she was supposed to open a store mm-hmm. and they said, you are to call it psychic sister. Ooh. And when I first got to Portland, I was like, I actually Googled metaphysical stores yeah. cause I wanted to hit them all, check them out mm-hmm. and everything. And psychic sister, when you Google it, you it's, it, it comes up as like a vintage clothing store. And I'm like, uh, uh, look, look, first off, let me just tell you about vintage clothing. They don't have shit in plus size well, yeah. vintage clothing. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, nah. I'm like, yeah. not interested in shit that doesn't fit me. Um, but I kept coming back around to it and back around to it. And then I decided to click on it and I realized, oh, it's much more than mm-hmm. that. It's it's literally one of the most gorgeous stores. Did we go there when you no, came here? No, uh-uh. <gasps> we really should have. But at that time, I didn't know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that I was going to be a part of it. Um, it's, just, it's just a beautiful, amazing store. It's a really cool concept. And they also have like vintage tarot decks and vintage jewelry and vintage shoes and um, you know, non-vintage stuff. Like she's a designer. She used to be a clothing designer. And so she'll design like these shirts and sweatshirts and stuff. And they just sell like hotcakes. Oh, wow. Um, you know, so it's, it, she's just a really cool person. So um, maybe next year we'll get her on the podcast. Yeah. And next time we go to Portland. Anything else? I started watching that Marilyn Monroe movie, Blonde. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't watched it. Is it good? Okay. So... I started watching it because I was reading all the like bad reviews about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But first you've got to understand that the movie itself is not a biopic. It is based off of a novel and the novel is historical fiction. Ah, okay. Yeah. Right. So if you're expecting mm-hmm. a movie that's supposed to like go through her life in, you know, it's, you're not going to get it. It's yeah, it's because it obviously interweaves like actual relationships that she had and then it dramatizes them and adds things to it. But like, honestly, I didn't even finish it. The negative reviews all talk about how it's just a movie about her suffering and how it's anti-abortion because it shows her having a forced abortion and like how awful it is. But so they're saying that that's anti-abortion, but I would say like any forced abortion is traumatizing. Like that's not a reason to say that, you know, I think if you opt to have one, then that's your choice. And there's, there shouldn't necessarily be trauma associated with it. If you made, you made the choice, Um, but she was forced to. So that's obviously different. Um, But anyway, I don't know. I think maybe some people sometimes make too much of, things like they read too far into it oh okay first off the you're the only person who would watch a movie based on bad reviews right so <laughs> you're like i gotta watch this this sounds like shit. i gotta Absolutely. make up my own mind i gotta figure it out right that's exactly what you're doing you're like don't tell me how to think i'm gonna do it myself yeah. okay the other thing is, though, is that people recently, like lately, and I won't say actually it's since, hmm, lo and behold, 2016, mm-hmm. but really it's since the onset of the, the fucking interweb. But people are quick to be like, ah, ah, 
fuck, I don't like this and this is why. Yeah. And it's usually some sanctimonious bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's a black mermaid. Mermaids aren't black. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Mermaids are Please. manatees, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the, They just find the stupidest fucking shit yeah. to bitch of and be pissed off about. Yeah. You know, I'm, we're going to boycott, you know, Carhartt because they don't want to fuck Brandon, you know, <laughs> or, or um, whatever. Yeah. What is it? Um, what is the saying that go, go to hell, Brandon, or go, oh, go, Brandon. <laughs> whatever these people are idiots whatever yeah stupid yeah um anyway so people are yeah (laughs) yeah so it is a movie about a woman suffering uh according to what my daughter was telling me i think it's one of the i don't know if it's the director or the one of the producers was saying that essentially it's a movie about someone who's about to commit suicide so you know take take that you know as you will and which is sad it's very sad woman i mean she was traumatized their entire life taking advantage of yeah yeah but she also did some great things too like she she was um uh, she defended civil rights and she there there were certain things there were certain things that she did there was also some other shit that like um oh who was it oh no that wasn't her never mind it was jackie kennedy who uh her wedding dress was designed by a a black woman um and beautiful dress um something happened too i think that was either like a flood or a fire or something and the 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 original dress was wrecked and she worked Mm -hmm. like 24 hours nonstop with her team to recreate it they did it and got it you know got it to her got it to her on time this bitch didn't even give her credit this bitch did not name her when they, you know, there's obviously she was fucking Jackie Kennedy, right? And there were these pictures taken of her. And obviously it's a big deal that they got married in their wedding. She did not name her designer. Oh, she, she, did anybody ask who's your designer? And she said, I'm not talking Oh, I, I, I'm sure people asked, but I, I'm sure it was featured in magazines. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, see, that's the bullshit. That's the bullshit. That's the bullshit. Um, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, who was it? Let me. I I want to get her name because I want to. Ma- We're gonna name her. Yeah, I want to make sure. Uh oh, it was Anne Lowe. Her name was Anne, Anne Lowe. Lowe. I want to make sure Anne yeah. Lowe was the designer of Jackie Kennedy's, Kennedy's wedding dress. Yeah, um, wedding yeah, dress. Anyway. Anne Lowe. Yeah. So anyway, I just Excellent. totally got off topic, but. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's what we do here. We do. We go on righteous outrage tangents, whether it's yeah. about mermaids or <laughs> wedding dresses. Uh, we're we're all here for yeah, it. But anyway, back to the movie thing. Anyway, um, Anna de Armas, though, who plays Marilyn Monroe, regardless of what you think of the storyline and and whatever, she did a kick ass job as playing. Oh, her. Wasn't she the one? She was the one in the chess. Show is that her? Uh, she's the one from that movie Knives Out. Okay, I've seen the movie. I don't specifically she, remember her unless she was from the chess. She's like uh, a Cuban and Spanish. She's the one. She has the okay. accent. She's the one that, who's like the caretaker. Like she's like the main character in that movie. The the young woman who's caring for the old no. man. And no, no, I'll, but I'll look her up. Okay. Yeah. No. Anyway, okay, she did. She, she did amazing beautifully. job. 
uh, pulling. Hey. Like she, she really does look like her. She, her expressions, um, the smile, like she, she did them. And and I would say that for that and the cinematography, it's worth watching. Yeah, the storyline, I, I get it. I, yeah. I understand the criticism. I mean, you know, that's what it you is. Can't please everyone. Yeah. yeah. No. No, and we don't want to please everyone either. <laughs> Mm-mm. Okay, what are we talking about this week? Well, this week I want to kick off spooky season since we're spooky season. Yeah, starting in October. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the Salem witch trials. Okay, okay, let's do it. Uh, in what way are we going to get into this? So I just kind of want to talk about a little bit about some of the cases. Uh, I don't want to go through each one just because. There are so many podcast episodes on the on Salem Witch Trials. <laughs> Everybody's done yeah. it, but we're going to do it a little bit different. Yeah, I just want to do a little bit different. So I just want to talk about uh, how we got there, or, you know, as a country, and um, then just a couple of notable things, like who got accused, um, and then I really want to get into the ways that they determined whether or not someone was a witch, because those are kind of funny and stupid so excellent good so this is a really good time to let um our listeners know that the month of october um it is spooky season we are entering into that so the month of october will be dedicated to um podcasts of this nature they will all be um associated in some way but the focal is witches witchcraft witches and all that good stuff so yeah. um you have a lot of really fun cool episodes to look forward to um this one's going to drop a little um early mm-hmm. right to stay on track yep. Yep. early yeah so this one actually will drop on like monday yep. so um it's very exciting okay so as with Most of American history, the Salem Witch Trials is a testament to the danger of mass panic and unfounded hysteria. (laughs) Mass hysteria. I love it. Yeah. Um, Much like today's conservative Christians who live afraid of immigrants or anyone who threatens the familiarity of their ignorance, the Salem Witch Trials was a slippery slope of neighbors accusing neighbors. (laughs) I love that passive aggressive dig in there. It, it is possible that the most of the accusers di- didn't fathom the consequences that would accompany the accused. Uh, but in the end, the whole story remains another dark stain on American history. So basically you're saying they had no idea of the, the fuckery that would ensue, but they're still like, you know, oh, you know, m- much like voting for Trump, but I digress. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> So the Salem witch trials were a series of hearings and prosecutions of people accused of witchcraft in colonial Massachusetts between February 1692 and May 1693. So just a little bit over a year, this nonsense happened. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The trials ended up resulting in the executions of 20 people. 14 of them were women and all of them died by hanging. So there were no witches burned. That's not that. There was no burning. No, that that just doesn't apply to Salem. I believe it happened okay. in like Europe, and I think that's where that comes from. But mm-hmm. yeah, but not in Salem, mm-hmm. um, which is good, right? Like you know, but it just does sound better to say I was burned at the stake right, as a witch, right? right? Yeah. Um, the shitty thing though was that they didn't even know how to properly hang people. 
<laughs> so yeah, it's a, and I'm not laughing like at the thing. I'm just saying like this no. st- the stupidity, right? That we had not yet learned to like properly do shit. But anyway, uh, yeah, they would because uh, normally once they actually figured out how to properly hang people, you have to do it from a long distance because it snaps the neck and then yeah. and then that's how they die. But the way that they did it here was it was a short distance. So these people actually died by strangulation. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, out of those people, yeah, 14 of them were women. All of, um, all of but one was uh, done by hanging. One was a man who was actually crushed to death because he refused to, oh. he refused to uh, confess. And the way that that was done is they placed a bunch of boards on top of like made him just stripped him down naked he had to lay down and they would put a board on top and then they would just load it up with heavy things and um yeah there was a show recently that did that they it was a lady they were looking for um somebody that was hiding i forget what show this was it was a period show but they actually showed rock by rock by rock Mm. and then her her what a i mean savage motherfuckers yeah then in the way that they would kill people savage and then also remember too um from um the handmaid's tale all of those those ways that they executed people uh all those punishments were true ways in which people have historically puritanical Mm -hmm. been Mm -hmm. killed it reminds me of miss lydia oh yeah yep um okay so before we get into the meat of some of these stories let's talk about the background of how we got there how we got yeah. here how did we get yeah here? so actually it was over a century before all this stuff happened in salem a law had been passed that would ultimately lead to the tragedy so under the witchcraft act that was passed in 1562 in england any behavior or practice even remotely associated with witchcraft was deemed illegal in order mm-hmm. for people to recognize witchcraft if they came upon it Lists and books were published explaining in detail that the things would be considered such. This was so serious that by 1644, the English government had created an official position called the Witchfinder General, mm. which is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, so that hysteria um, and the goal to hunt down possible witches may have played a role in the paranoia and the persecution of witches um, by the Puritans in Massachusetts. So, so they created a role, um, witch hunter, mm-hmm. yep. right? Yeah. And and then possibly that's um, the person that that <laughs> Trump is always mad about. <laughs> I keep going. I keep. Well, I know it's I because you hear you know, you hear a fucking overuses witch hunt for everything. <laughs> Oh my god, I keep going back. We listen, I try not to talk about him because I don't want to, you know, like be polarizing for people that are Republicans, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this is just they just keep coming. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> it, No, okay, but I I have to say this though is this in the Salem witch trials, when somebody would confess to actually being a witch, they weren't they weren't punished. They were just let go. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought, well, who are the people that were killed? The people that didn't? Yeah, the people that um, didn't confess. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Now, you would think after several <laughs> releases, <laughs> the people, yes, I'm a, I'm a fucking heathen. I am. And uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, let me go or I'm going to curse you. <laughs> <laughs> let me go. 
I mean. Oh, my God. All right. Well, we, you know, the they had their own way of doing things back then. <laughs> their own ass backwards way of doing most things, actually. Um, okay. So, Salem. Salem, Massachusetts. It was founded in 1629. And in 1641, English law makes witchcraft a capital crime. In 1684, England declares that the colonies cannot self-govern. So in 1688 is the first case of someone exhibiting a sign of witchcraft. So following an argument with laundress Goody Glover, a woman named Martha Goodwin, or a girl named Martha Goodwin, she's only 13 years old, um, she begins exhibiting strange behavior. Glover is then arrested and then she's tried for bewitching the Goodwin children. Uh, and then Reverend Cotton Mather, so this guy is like, he is one of the people that played a main role in getting people accused and locked up, and it was a mess. Thanks a lot. He's a hot mess, and yeah, we'll we'll learn more about him. He Yeah. Um, so he actually met twice with, with Goody um, to try to get her to repent for her witchcraft, and she wouldn't do it, so she was hanged. Uh, Mather then takes Martha Goodwin into his house, but her bizarre behavior continues. So, yeah, I don't know. What are okay, can we? Do we know the origin of the term "goody" and why is it like a like a prefix or something? Oh, like a goody two shoes, like that. No, well, no, like like you might be goody Franco. I might be goody Figueres. Like what? What is? What the fuck does goody mean? What, what oh, I thought it? that was her name. Just her name is Goody. Her name is Goody Clever. No, okay, well, I'll do some research into that because I think it's like a, it's like a miss. It's like Mrs. or Miss. Oh. It's. I think it is because everybody was goody this and goody that back then. Because hmm. um, if it's your name, I'd be mad. That's a dumb name. I'd be like, okay, but this guy's <laughs> name was Cotton. So you make a fine point. <laughs> they had stupid <laughs> names. I'm sorry, but they had stupid names. Yeah, his dad's name was something stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cotton's dad. Cotton's dad was actually the. He was the worst. Oh, he was foul. But um, because Cotton was a um, a priest. Yes, yes. a priest or uh, he was a yes, reverend. Yep. Yeah, so. Yep. A reverend, yep. yeah. So he, he was, he was horrible. But I, but you know, he, he was, he was raised to be that way. And his dad was the worst. Yeah, his dad's name was Increase. Increase. I know. What is that? Those weird puritanical <laughs> names. Increase. Who says you look like an increase? I'm gonna name you little baby. Increase. I don't know. The Spanish have them too. Like there's this name. I hope I don't offend anyone. But there's this name in Spanish, and it's called. It's you name a woman, and it's called Transito. Transito transit? Yeah, like like Trans- like uh, transit. Uh, like like traffic. Transito. Yeah, I don't know why that's a name mm-hmm. and I think it's ugly. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, the people have dumb names now too. Oh, I know. <laughs> we this is a very uplifting episode for everybody, just so you know. <laughs> We're all positivity and love and light in this There's people that name their kids Absidy. Have you heard that one? (laughs) It's A-B-C-D-E and it's pronounced Absidy. 
Absidy. Yeah. Oh my God, who comes up with those names? What? No people. People know. No, no people. <laughs> no, they're never going to be able to find their name on like a personalized teaspoon or whatever at the truck stop when y'all go on vacation. I mean, they're not going to be able to as find a person it. who personally struggles with that. <laughs> Wait, mine's always J O E. God damn, or or Joanne. Yeah, yeah, Joanne. J O A N N. We've been gypped our whole yeah. lives. Yeah, I, I did it to my kids too. Because even though Sophia's name is common, it's spelled with an F, so she can rarely uh, find it on keychains or yeah. whatever. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. All, all of them actually. Yeah, right. Yeah, your youngest. Yep, all of them. The oldest. Yeah. Yep. So sorry, guys. All right. Sorry. Anyway, all right. So the madness of this story actually began in 1692. And there were two little girls who began displaying symptoms of delusion. They would have um, uh, contortions and odd positions. They would make strange noises. And they spoke gibberish, um, you know, appearing to be having these fits. Uh, they did try traditional me- medicines and prayers, by, but by late February, none of that had worked. And so then the reverend called upon a local doctor, and this guy's name was William Griggs. So Griggs was the first to declare that witchcraft may be the cause of their strange behavior. So I listened to, I think I told you, I listened to the morbid uh, episode where they talked about Salem witch trials. And they talked a lot about these little girls and how like they were basically responsible for like accusing a bunch of people. But I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I get it. Um but like the, some of the stuff was like vomiting, like it was extreme shit where it's like, I, I get that they could have been bored because like children in the, in that time, they did nothing. <laughs> they just were just like little tiny slaves. They were just there for work. Yeah. They were not allowed to yeah. play like they, it, yeah, their life sucked. So it could be, but also I think a lot of it has to do with the adults in the room, you know? The adults could have put a stop to it. I mean, yeah. you know, they, again, we're going back to the mass, you know, mass hysteria, mm-hmm. mass, you know, all you need is one one person to be like, I blame you because you're the cause of all my troubles. And then everybody's like, yeah, I blame you too. Yeah, and there you go. Exactly. It's wildfire. Yep. So these two girls, uh, 11-year-old Abigail Williams and 9-year-old Elizabeth Paris, they lived with Elizabeth's father, um, the village pastor Samuel Paris, along with his two slaves, Tichuba and John Indian. Tichuba, she's a badass, guys. Uh, yeah, hint, hint. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what happened was the town then pressured the girls to say, like, what's going on? Who bewitched you? And they blamed Tichuba. Yeah. Mother. Yeah. And the problem with this is that. So she was, Tichuba was arrested along with Sarah Good, who was a homeless beggar, and Sarah Osborne, who was a woman who rarely attended church, which it's like mm, convenient, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So, That'd be me. yeah, so they, yeah, exactly. It could be me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so they did what we now know as, um, like turning people, turning them against each other is much essentially what they did, saying that, like, yeah. Uh, the one Sarah was saying that the other Sarah did it until one of them turned. But eventually it was Tichuba that they got to, they pressured to confess. She confessed to using witchcraft 
And then it kind of went from there. Um, her testimony made that whole witch hunt spiral out of control. Mm-hmm. I won't get too far into that, but that's they were basically the first people to be uh, apprehended. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, spoiler alert! Spoiler uh-huh. alert! Yes. Or what? What did you say? Um, hint. What did you say? Hint? Yes. Yes. Hint. hint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll get into that later. We'll yeah. Find out about what a badass Tittable was. Yes. Okay. Okay. So the first person to be tried was Bridget Bishop, and she was a woman to have considered to have questionable morals. Uh, was the first to be tried and executed during the Salem witch trials. So she was known to rebel against puritanical values of the time. She stayed out long hours, had people in her home late at night, and hosted drinking and gambling parties frequently. In other words, she was a fun, good time. She was fun, right? She was, she was fun. She let's hang out with her. I would totally uh, exactly, been out with her. exactly. <laughs> um, after her second husband died, Bishop. Um, who had been married three times, she was accused of bewitching him to death. Uh, though later she would be acquitted due to lack of evidence. Unfortunately, though, for, for her, the allegation of witchcraft would not be her last. So that was only the first time she was accused, and then came this ship. Okay, due to lack of evidence, but I mean, since when did that ever stop them? Because they hung, you know, they hung a bunch of other yeah, people. Yeah. Um, also, here's the here's my question too. How back in those days? I mean, she was married three times. I mean, being divorced once or that's a, a, like was a sin. So how did that all happen? Uh, I think it was no, it was her husband. Oh yeah, her second husband died, Bishop, who had been married okay, so three it's times. Death. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. Well, still, so she was the fun one, so we don't judge. I mean, mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. died all the time, like mm-hmm, in an early yeah. ages at this time. Just because she was married three times, though, doesn't mean she got divorced. They could, they, well, no, that's they, true. All, they yeah. probably all died. And that was the question like, why was she single two other times? Yeah. Oh, well, they probably died, you know, because that's Death. just okay. what happened all the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the Salem witch trials would actually be the second time she was accused. And this time, according to her death warrant, um, she had supposedly caused bodily harm to five other women, Abigail, Mm. Ann Putnam, Marcy Lewis, Mary Walcott, and Elizabeth Hubbard. Um, Her death warrant was signed on June 8th, 1692, ordered for her death to take place by hanging on Friday, June 10th, 1692, between 8 a.m. and noon. And it was carried out as such by Sheriff George Corwin. This uh, Sheriff George Corwin guy, though, too, people suspect him now of having been involved and perpetrating more of this shit. Because as was the law in that time, when like a woman like this who did not have a husband, um, when they were put to death, he would get to keep all her property. Not necessarily her land, but like all her physical property, everything that was in her house. Um, he would get to keep it and then he would distribute it amongst the other, uh, you know, whatever policemen or whatever they were called. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Seriously. So, of course, he's going to target single women. Oh, because, yeah. You yep. know, there was always um, single women or was mostly single women that were accused, single widows and elderly. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, this is a new twist that I never um, knew about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, oh, the patriarch. Exactly. Just keeps, exactly. Just keeps on with their keeping on. I also want to touch about touch on the youngest person to be accused, because this one's really sad. Okay. Uh, Dorothy Good 
the four-year-old daughter of the previously accused Sarah Good was the youngest to be accused of witchcraft. Like, how the fuck do you accuse a little four-year-old? Like, have you met a four-year-old? Like, they're right. horrible liars. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they care about snacks Aww. and naps. And that's like, they, you know, right. I know, they, poor they little about- sweetie. Uh-huh. Four years old. Uh, Did they? Well, no, wait. she was not. She was not killed. No, she was not. Okay, good. But she was held. Um, so she was apprehended and she was called for trial in March uh, 23rd, 1692. Um, she was accused by some guy, Edward Putnam. Um, and yeah, uh, Anne Putnam testified that the little girl tried to choke her and bite her. Which, as four-year-olds do, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, like, what the fuck, what were you doing to her? Because <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. It was, is she, did she just walk up to you and just start choking and biting you? <laughs> this reminds me of this, when, when my daughter was little, um, I think she was probably, she was probably around that age. She was probably about four or five years old. And she had done some shit and she comes over to us kind of crying and she tells me and Mike, Amma hit me for no reason. And we're just like, <laughs> really? She hit you mm-hmm. for no for no reason. reason. She was just like, she just walked mm-hmm. up to you and was just like, smack. Like <laughs> like mm-hmm. your grandma just walks up to you and just out of nowhere just just mm-hmm. hits you for no reason. <laughs> so mm-hmm. anyway, Anne Putnam, mm-hmm. I have questions for you. Oh, okay, wait. <laughs> What, so what was the outcome of this? See, little liar. How did you figure out she's a little liar? <laughs> when we just asked, we're like, what were you doing? And then, yeah, it mm-hmm. turned out that she she had been doing something to Santino and he was a baby. So he had like. Mm, okay. Yeah, so. I, okay. Well, I was kind of hoping that she had bit. Um, oh. <laughs> Cause they do, man. Like toddlers will just bite you for no reason. It's like, what the they're just trying to get a reaction out of you sometimes. Dude, and their teeth are sharp too. Because <laughs> they're teeth, new. Dude. They're new teeth. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> and you know what? It happens. They do weird shit. Ugh. But that does not make them witches, okay? <laughs> no. Makes them Satan, but not witches. Right. <laughs> uh, um, so under pressure from the authorities and hoping that she would get to see her mother if she complied, she confessed Aww. to the claims. <gasps> Poor little baby baby. Yeah. She had confessed to the claims that Sarah was a witch and Dorothy had been a witness to this fact. Uh, She was imprisoned from March 24th, 1692 to December 10th, 1692. So she wasn't, she wasn't hanged, but she was, she did go insane afterwards. Mm, Of course. She's four years old. And she went insane. So so they let her out when she was just too insane to know it, the difference? And then what happened? I don't know. We don't know more of of what what happened to her. Most of this stuff is the reason why we know so much about things as they happen, like the specific stories and the accusations is because most of the stuff took place in a courtroom. And so obviously, you know, it was all on record in some way. Um, there are though a bunch of other witch trials that happened in different areas if of New England, and a lot of them were covered up by the local governments. Like the records. I mean, were. yeah, they're because they were bullshit, right? Like this this stupid ass sheriff who's like, You're a witch. Now I'm going to need to take all of your possessions and I'm gonna give them to all my good old boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. This was a load of shit, the the witch trials were, but 
that's what we're covering. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about ways that they they determined whether or not someone was a witch. Okay. Okay. So the first way was the witch cake. Much less pleasant than it sounds, the witch cake was one of the many tests used to determine if a suspect was in fact a witch or not. The uh, rather large role of animals, particularly dogs in the Salem witch trials, comes to play uh, in into this because they believed that dogs were the familiar of the de- of the of a witch, and that was like her connection to the devil or something. I don't I don't understand it, but that's what they believed, especially like black dogs. That was the thing as well. Mm. Um, okay, so what they would do is they would make this cake and it would prove a person's innocent or guilt and they made it with rye flour and the urine of the inflicted person um or one of the people suffering the symptoms and so then they would take this cake and they would feed it to a dog and then if the dog then showed the same symptoms then it was witchcraft and in this case the dog would then point to which which made him ill and it was a common practice for determining witches in england at this time as well like, <laughs> oh my god there's so many holes in that methodology that's the stupidest fucking thing ever of course a dog is gonna eat cake they'll eat their own shit sometimes <laughs> right. of course they really give a shit about some cake. i want to see pictures of a dog pointing though <laughs> like, pointing yeah. right po- or possibly they went to their owner because it's a dog or can you give oh me more god. what if they just went back and was like can i have more right. cake <laughs> bitch what you got next now you got any snacks any scooby snacks uh, oh my god all right, that was a that dumb was, one. Good one. That was that gets a thumbs down. Stupid thumbs down for being smart. They're all stupid. <laughs> but all right, <laughs> let, well, let's move on. All right, then there was the touch test. There were several tests during the same witch trials to prove a suspect's guilt or innocent, and so this one was called the touch test. The idea was that the victims of black magic would have a physical reaction to being touched by one who had cursed them. So the suspected witch would be made to lay a hand upon a possessed person who was delusional or midst of an episode, and if no reaction occurred, then that quote-unquote witch was deemed innocent. And then contrary to that, if the possessed person suddenly got better or came out of their fit, it was deemed that the witch, quote unquote, had placed them under a spell and she was found guilty. So the most famous case of this test being used was uh, under the trials of Rose Colender and Amy Denny, who were both elderly women and both hanged, even though two blindfolded little girls reacted the same way to many different people touching them. Hmm. It was stupid. Mm. And that's the thing is mm-hmm. they had these tests and then people would pass the test and then they would still hang them. Like it, it was dumb. <laughs> it's like, why do you have the test in the first place if you're not even going to use it? Like there was mm-hmm. another one that said that a witch could not recite the Lord's prayer could in full like they just it physically were not able to do it uh which yeah. which got my hands up here and there was a man uh who you know they're in the process of he they'd have him up on the gallows and he recites the lord's prayer and the crowd is like what's going on like y- you know what you know they're all kind of freaking out like he's not a witch he just did it and then fucking mather comes out and he's like no this is just like more proof that he is a witch or and then they fucking hang him well this sounds like maga logic <laughs> i mean what <laughs> history just keeps repeating itself <laughs> 
I, think, <laughs> I can't promise there won't be more references. I think that I, Trump in this episode. I think but, the title of this episode is going to have to be Trump is really a witch. His <laughs> <laughs> followers, his fans, people. Okay. It, it, so what I love recently is that people, Republicans are like, yeah, no, no, no we're not a big fan of Trump. So now his Fans are starting to refer to themselves as Trump fans, not Republicans or not MAGA. They're Trump fans. That's what they're referring to themselves as. Mm. I love that. I'm like, yes, now that now now we're getting down to it. But it's fine. They can be Trump fans, but at least we know, right? Right. At least can, <clears throat> this cracks me up. All right, part. let's. I don't know. Okay, well, um, MAGA logic. All right, let's. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next MAGA logic? I mean, witchcraft. <laughs> Test the swimming test. Stupid. <laughs> so this is probably swimming the most infamous test. one. Yeah. And it's definitely one of the cruelest ones. So in this one, a suspected witch was stripped down to their undergarments, tied up, and then thrown into the nearest body of water. If they sunk, hmm. they were innocent. And if they floated, they were a witch. So explain to me. <laughs> oh. Well, I'll float because fluffy... <laughs> Chubby people float. <laughs> I mean, if I sink, I'm gonna die. So, like, <laughs> please let me float. What choice let me float. do I have? Do you know how to swim or do you not know how to swim? <laughs> Plus, like, muscle, bone density, right? Skinny people are gonna sink because there's no fat on their bodies to help them float. So, I mean, but back then there weren't a ton of, you know, chubby fluffy people either. Yeah. Famine and all that stuff. So most people think that the witches all drowned during these cruel tests and while the accidental deaths did happen this way, the suspects usually had a rope tied around their waist so they could be pulled from the water if they did sink. Uh, the, t- the test came about because it was believed that water would reject witches' bodies since witches were thought to have spurned the sacrament of baptism. Mm. All right. Well, uh, I- which is probably true. I don't know, but <laughs> I, don't know. <clears throat> I would spurn baptism. <laughs> I've been definitely would have been like, we're not doing. I've that. been baptized twice. I was baptized in a Catholic oh, church, and I was also baptized in like a Christian church thing. That was weird because it was like a pool. Um, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but I also would consider myself a witch sometimes. So uh, fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> don't try to label it doesn't me. work no no i don't fit in your box okay last one all right that's a dumb one too. is the devil's mark or the witch's teat <laughs> <laughs> this is so dumb like we're all witches by this one okay so this was more of an inspection um so those suspected of witchcraft were made to strip in public and they were closely examined for the so-called devil's mark, which could be anything from a blemish on the skin to a birthmark and, and then everything in between. Uh, it was said that witches received such marks when they made their pact with Satan. And the mark was thought to be numb, so it would not be painful to the touch. And it could, according to village people, change shape and color. It's like, I think that's cancer. I think that's melanoma. <laughs> and you and you bet if they touch some on me, I'd be like, ah! <laughs> don't touch me. Um, shit hurts, uh, a third nipple was also a sign of a witch, as was any mole, sore, tattoo, scar, etc. Because they believed that that was the witch's teat. And that's where their familiar would 
breastfeed from or like feed oh, from. Gross. Which looks like that's fucking weird. Aren't familiars typically animals? Yes. Like birds. Listen, Charlie would be your familiar if you were a witch and you would not want Listen, him. Charlie <laughs> tries to feed off of shit on my skin and it hurts. <laughs> I don't let him do it. He tries, right. but I don't. <laughs> He's the witch is what I've been trying to tell you that for months. <laughs> he, is a, He's a he is a witch. He's a mm-hmm. jerk. Um, so mm-hmm. some people were so desperate to not have their skin conditions discovered that they f- went as far as burning or cutting them off. Hell yes, I would do. Uh, yeah, because this usually, but this usually backfired because, of course, burning and cutting left scars. It left a scar, and the scar was, you know, again. But if you touched it and and it didn't hurt, you'd think one of them would have been like, when they touch that sucker, I'm gonna scream holy murder. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay. So theories as to what could have actually caused the panic, aside from people being nuts um one is smallpox they believe that it played a large role in the witch trials um although no one back then likely knew it um the disease is that deadly and it covers the infected person's entire body with pimple-like postulates um Mm -hmm. don't google it unless you want to cringe no they're gross yeah and then there's like yeah i don't want to get into like polio and stuff but like I can't believe people stop or stop, like not vaccinating their kids now. Anyway, that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, you know we used to like die regularly or shit like this, right? Like <laughs> the Puritans were Puritans. They were not into well, they, um, vaccinations. Well, they were the original anti-vaxxers. Well, they literally didn't have any. So <laughs> mm-hmm. no. uh, Europeans brought smallpox to North America, and about half of the Native American population was wiped out because of it. I would say it's more than half because I think it was estimated to be like three million Native Americans that lived on the North American continent, and then it was stripped down to like something like three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. But see another reaction fucking colonizers Mm -hmm. yeah um but in salem in 1692 500 people were killed by smallpox uh oh my it was an epidemic that caused symptoms like those girls were exhibiting Mm -hmm. um and additionally the fear and paranoia around uh, surrounding smallpox was so great that they made the hysteria about witches and the need to find a source of blame even greater so these are potential theories of where this witch hysteria, mm-hmm. you know, what it was founded in with the actual reason that it was. Yeah. So these things were it's, this is yeah. basically saying like smallpox was a real thing that people were suffering from and dying from. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was mm-hmm. just like them trying to find a source of like who's responsible. It's like you're like that, like that Spider-Man meme of like. Who's responsible? And they're right. just pointing at each other. It's mm, like, pointing at each other. you mm-hmm. fuckers brought it over. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The other uh, theory as to what could have caused it was an outbreak outbreak of encephalitis lethargica. The symptoms of this uh, include behavioral changes like shaking, strange pains, fever, and more. It's spread by insects and birds. Uh, and then the originator of this theory says that the point makes... Uh, The point that a doctor was called to treat the girls and supposes um, that he was unable to diagnose the ailment at the time. And instead, he just said witchcraft. And it's like one of those things, right? Where you're just like, I can't explain it. So it's witchcraft. No, fucking Dr. Oz is who that was. (laughs) Dr. Oz in his original form. Yeah, there you go. Uh, The other theory is ergotism. uh, And this is caused by the consumption of ergo, a 
fungus, which causes trouble when embedded in rye or other cereal grass grasses. Um, when it's in there and it's consumed by people, it releases a chemical that is similar to LSD. Uh, oh. Yeah, and may lead to hallucinations, muscle contractions, convulsions, and issues with internal organs. Oh, oh all right. So I was like, oh, yeah, man. But then I was like, oh, no, those other physical symptoms don't sound like fun. Yeah. Hallucinations. The holes in this argument are the fact that rye was a staple crop of the people of Salem at the time. Um, so they would have known, like, if something was like wrong with it or if it, you know, it looked right. And the other thing was that Ergotism also causes gangrene, vomiting, diarrhea, uh, alteration to skin colors, and none of those were presented in the people that were. Uh, okay. Yeah, so. All right. So these are just theories, potential theories, and people are like, well, maybe it was this, maybe it was mm-hmm. that. But then I like that they're like, well, okay, but maybe not because exactly. I like okay. that. Okay. So, so, I mean, basically, it, it really is this the supporting – the, all of this is just supporting plain old bullshit mass hysteria. Yes, yes. And yeah. okay. uh, the the main theory, and this one actually, this one is, you kind of can't argue against this one, was that one of the factors was poverty. Be- oh. Because a lot of this mm-hmm. was just conflict between poor people and rich people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because, okay, so the, the town of Salem, or there was actually a separation between Salem Village and Salem Town. Mm-hmm. Most of the people and the events that we typically associate with the witch trials was actually centered in Salem Village, which is village. Yeah, which is present day Danvers. Salem Town, where all the tourist attractions are today, was metropolitan, wealthy, and a seaport um, that levied harsh taxes against the agrarian and relatively poor members of Salem Village. Oh, oh there, yeah, that was covered in the TNT series, Salem, mm. that the taxes and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. So they believe that like over time, that economic division became religious as Salem village decided that it wanted its own church in an effort to distance itself from what it viewed as like overly individualistic and out of touch with like, with God, you know, whatever neighboring city. So for example, there was um, the church that was occupied by Reverend Samuel Paris, uh, and it was initially occupied by a congregation filled with members of the Putnam family. And then that's when Paris's daughter, Betty or Elizabeth, um, and his niece, Abigail would go on to be, they would go on to become the first witch accusers. So, mm-hmm. you know, it all, it's all connected in that way. But essentially, it's just the the whole theory is just postulating that accusers would be viewed as a little bit more than consenting puppets who weren't totally aware what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so overall, and just in conclusion, as long as accusing a person concluded that a death or illness had occurred as a result of witchcraft, and that's concluded, not proven, um, then that person had grounds under law to accuse someone of witchcraft. And then as we know now, these accusations were taken very seriously and they resulted in a person's death, but it really shouldn't have been so easy to make because basically anyone could accuse anyone of anything. Uh, And then in the age of smallpox and like inadequate medical knowledge and care, um, the paranoia just got the best of people and the accusations just went rampant. uh, And that's basically how how we got there. Yeah, they had no proof. There, there was no like legit proof. You know, um, even the people that confessed, yeah. 
right? Okay, well, what are you confessing to? You're confessing because you want the torture, the interrogation, you know, you want it all to stop, mm-hmm. you know? And they probably said, if you confess, you'll you'll be okay, which clear, apparently they were. They were let go or whatever. Yep. So but not until being the witch incarcerated. Yeah. The, the witch trials were ended by Governor Phipps. Um, and, okay, that's good. and this was after many, after many people who were involved in the proceedings expressed guilt and remorse about the events that had occurred. Because like I said, in the beginning, a lot of people who accused others did not expect that the people that they were accusing were going to end up being hanged. Uh, mm-hmm. So obviously there was a lot, you know, there was remorse there because that may, mm-hmm. maybe they thought they were just going to be like punished or fined or God knows what, but maybe. They- I mean, shit, what do they think? Ache. Yeah, yeah. So on January 14th, 1697, five years after the trials, the general court ordered a day of fasting and prayers for the tragedy of Salem. And mm-hmm. in 1702, the court declared the trials unlawful, and the colony mm-hmm. passed a bill in 1711 restoring the rights and good names of those accused and granted a 600-pound restitution to their heirs. William Good, who lost his wife, Sarah, and their infant daughter, Mercy, um, mm-hmm. because she had she was pregnant when she was imprisoned and she gave birth to the baby when she was locked up. Mm-hmm. Um, he received a largest settlement. Uh, Massachusetts oh. formally apologized for the witch trials in 1957, something that Chief Magistrate William Stoughton never did. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was awesome. That was that was so much more interesting than yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it was a good episode. So, if any of you out there listening have not watched the TNT series um, Salem, I definitely recommend that you do. It's only three seasons, which I was so mad about, but it's it's still, it's an easy binge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is so good. And it stars Shane West, who is hot. Oh, I love me some Shane West. Um, but they really go in depth into the characters of like Mary Sibley, um, Cotton Mather, um, Tituba, and then Mercy, the baby mm-hmm. who died, mm-hmm. actually plays a main role. And Mercy's a fucking, I don't, I'm not going to spoil it, but mm. that Mercy, who Mercy. Um, and then, you know, there's just all these others like Cotton's dad. And it's just, it's such a good fun series if you like that sort of thing. So yeah. I definitely recommend, um, you know, getting in on it and checking it out. On Salem on TNT. Yeah. I'm going to have to give it a watch. So good. Um, okay. Yay. Thank you. Oh my God. That was so fun. That was a really fun. Uh, mostly it was fun to um, interject me. the, 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 the <laughs> modern connections to the comp to the modern witch trials that supposedly are taking yes. place uh yes freaking tnt over here yeah. or um tn Ms. mst 3000 <laughs> mystery science like. uh no uh one of the things i think there was like a twitter uh, a tweet that someone did about uh just talking about trump and always talking about witch trials it's like you are aware that the witch trials did actually produce actual witches, right? Like there were actual witches found. <laughs> and much like Trump, there's no goddamn proof for anything. The, the, the judge the, that was, um, uh, that was 
asked to oversee these the documents. He he told him he's like, you have to produce proof that the FBI planted yep, documents. Yep. And they're like, no, 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 we don't have any proof. And he's like, then you got to shut the fuck yep, up. Yep. It's, <laughs> it, yep. It was it was show up or shut up. Yep. Show up or shut up. What did he say? You can't have your cake and eat it too or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't Yeah. That, um, that judge is handing his ass to him and he thought he was going <laughs> to, he thought he was going to be on his side. It's like, no, that's not how it's supposed to work. It's supposed to be impartial. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Just glad that um, somebody's actually fucking doing their job for once. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, the, the judge that actually allowed, um, you know, this whole nonsense to take place is there was some pushback from her and I don't know exactly what it is yet. I haven't done my due diligence. So, um, but I know that there was some pushback that was considered to be extremely disrespectful to this very knowledgeable and, um, skilled judge. And so I, I gotta find mm-hmm. that out, but, um, you know. I've been I've been so busy this week and I've been trying to stay away from it because I want to watch the January 6th hearings, but um, they canceled mm. them because of, of the hurricane. And so I'm just like, I, I have other things to worry about because I get all mad I'll get in front of the TV and I'll yeah. yell at the TV. That's not why. But I'm like, OK, just this calm down. <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> I know. I, I, I had to take it in doses. But yeah. Anyway. For sure, for sure. You got anything for us on the closing vibe? I do. I want to talk about um, October because um, not only is it spooky season where you get to start decorating your house with all the cozy fall colors and candles and in pumpkins and decorations and all that good stuff. Um, it's also a really, really, really beautiful and wonderful um, time of life on your spiritual journey. Um, so let's just yes. talk a little bit about what October brings and what this particular month um, as a universal seven month brings for everybody. Um, so October is a really cool time of the year when if you tune in, you can actually feel the changes of the season and the new year approaching. Like there's that anticipation with the holidays coming up and stuff. Um, so it also sort of puts this pressure on us to get things done, right? Um, bringing things mm-hmm. to a state of completion, right? That comes in. Um, so this is the month where you might be prepared to experience the closure of old energy cycles. September was the month where things start Mm. to fall away. One is a, uh, the month or October, a one, a one is a month of where we start Mm -hmm. moving in new directions. In order to do that, you have to experience the closure, um, feelings and beliefs, um, that you've, um, that have sort of held you back. Those are the things that were meant to go, in uh, in September, and now you're like getting the forward uh, movement. There's also Mercury retrograde is coming to an end here pretty soon. We've got a really awesome yeah. new moon coming up, so it's all about new directions and new opportunities. But in order to do that, you have to be prepared. Um, you have to be able to move forward with focus. Um, you know, have a clear sense of direction. So expect that clarity to settle in. If a lot of us have been like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do or what my direction is or what I'm supposed to go, that, that clarity is going to come not only with the energy of October, but also with the ending of all of those retrogrades, which are going to happen throughout mm. the next couple of months. Um, so think of October as a chance to sort of transform your energy, um, let go, letting go of the old and then embracing the new. Okay. Now 
It's also a seven universal month um, in numerology. And if you don't know what that is, it's you take the month, which is a one month, right? Um, A single digit 10 is just one. And then you add that to 2022. One plus two plus two plus two plus two equals seven. So that's a seven universal month. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So this is a really pivotal time in the year. October is. Um, But it might not actually feel like it because that seven energy, it tends to do its work on the inside. Um, It impacts our deeper knowing, our intuitive um, deepening, our perceptions. So this is really going to be a month of going inward, of personal development, of spiritual growth. This is a wonderful month to Mm. um, work on sort of solidifying any spiritual practices, meditation, um, journaling, um, that sort of thing. It's a great time to use those practices to lean into your truth and ask yourself some of those big questions that you may have been avoiding up to now to prepare yourself for the coming year. Because January 1st, your personal year energy shifts January 1st. So you're going to start experiencing Mm -hmm. a lot of different things. All right. So some of the questions that you can ask yourself are just really simple. What, uh, yeah. So are your internal and external worlds aligned? What's that mean is do Mm -hmm. all of the things that you think and feel, are they sort of mirrored in your external world? Um, If you're feeling Mm -hmm. frustrated and confusion and you're feeling disconnection and you look at your relationships, your career, you look at your, um, all of the things, your social life, are those also feeling disconnected, frustrating? That's your internal mirroring, your external. If that's the case, you're going to want to look at the things that you need to bring resolution to. Do you have a spiritual practice that supports you? That's really important, especially move where we're going to move into, you know, that whole greater knowing, um, that seven year universal month. Listen, you don't, I always tell people, do not meditate like a Buddhist. If you're not Buddhist, don't try to clear your mind because it's not going to work. I don't, that's not how I meditate. No, no, no I put on headphones. Um, I listen to some binaural beats or some sulfusio frequencies on YouTube and then I journal. That's how I meditate. So find a meditation practice that works for you. It's simply about giving yourself the space and time to connect to your higher self, your higher knowing, your spirit guides, the universe, whatever you want to call it. So um, the other thing is that that you should sort of explore in October is are you being honest with yourself about what you believe? And that is really more of do your beliefs support where you want to go? So if you don't believe that you are capable of being, um, you know, starting this project or moving into this next phase or acquiring that thing that you want, if you don't believe that you're capable of it, you're not going to believe that you're not going to do it. So Mm -hmm. it's time to really look at what you're, what your beliefs support and then see if those actually work for you. Do you know? So the energy of this month, it supports real soul searching. So this is the month, October to do that. Search your soul, find your purpose, or at least start to seek it because it is the foundation that you're, you know, upon which everything in your life is going to stand is, is that purpose. Um, So if you do that inner alignment work now you'll avoid going in the wrong direction later okay 
And then the last thing just to, is it so many people say, well, I don't know what my purpose is. Um, your purpose, your path, all of those things, it's not an occupation. It is absolutely not an occupation. It is a very specific set of characteristics that you're meant to master in your lifetime, which then makes you the mm. perfect person to do this certain thing. And what is that certain thing? It's that thing that feeds your soul. Maybe you want to be a writer. That's your purpose. Be a writer. Maybe you want to be a photographer or maybe you want to take care of people. Maybe you want to um, be, um, you know, an accountant, which can be very, it, it's a mundane thing too, but the world needs accountants, whatever it is that feeds your soul that you yeah. love doing. Um, that's what your purpose is. Thank you. That's beautiful. And You're seven beautiful. is also one of like the most psychic numbers, right? Yeah, seven is the number of the psychic, the the spiritual knowing and all of that. It's the the as your life path, if you have a seven life path, you are the seeker of deeper meaning and knowledge. Um and so it just means mm. that you in this lifetime you're meant to actually seek that deeper meaning and knowledge. I find the seven is a lot of people that are like very analytical. Um, um, they have very, um, you know, like Virgo jobs, right? Like accountants or, you know, just very earth, earth type jobs. Uh -huh. um, and the whole point of them in this incarnation is for them to explore and embrace their spiritual side. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's very cool. It's very yeah. What's your life path? You're 11 too. You're the 11 too. Ooh. And don't you have a 22 four in there yeah. too? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's rare um, that, that you have two mm. um, master numbers in your, in your core chart, but the 11 two is um, um, it's literally the most psychic and intuitive number of them all. And okay. um, I always tell 11 twos that if you want to be a full blown with all of the abilities, all the way up to telepathy and astral travel, which you do anyway, um, you absolutely have that ability if you're an 11 too. So yeah. 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 Well, all right, guys. Well, you can find us on all the socials under Esoterics Podcast and be sure to join our Facebook community, the Esoterics Community, to hear firsthand about our services, events, and courses, as well as access woo-friendly resources, energy updates, group-only pricing, and occasional card pulls and freebies. You'll also find uh, support and information for developing your own spiritual practice, um, your own intuitive abilities, um, all of that good stuff. So uh, thank you so much for inviting us into your life. And as always, stay mystical, magical, and ready to do it again the next time we meet. Bye. Bye. Bye.